Hello, Marlins fans. Before we get started with Jeff Barry of CAA and his interview with Craig Mish, I just want to tell you about one of our new sponsors, and that's Snap Crack, a new solution to chiropractics. Their office in Coral Gables is really awesome. I actually got a chance to check it out last week. The whole deal is it's a $29 adjustment. There's no appointment. There's no hidden fees. And their entire motto is just feel better, do better. They have three specific adjustments you can get, the crack, the drop, and the click, and you can find out more on their website, snapcrack.com. The great part about it is also no neck, no problem. If you don't want them to touch your neck, you don't have to worry about it. No x-ray, no problem. All of the ease of going into the chiropractor without any of the hassle, it's $29. It's a cheap, easy way to get things going. First office is in Coral Gables, and they'll be opening more in Miami Beach and up here in Broward County, where I live snapcrack.com be sure to check them out and now craig mish's interview with jeff barry and thanks very much jeremy and on this episode of swings and mishes we dive back into marlin's all-star catcher jt real muto a lot of news of course happening with jt and we thought it would be best to kind of go and do a little bit more of a deep dive uh, with his agent the co-head of caa baseball he's negotiated some of the biggest contracts in baseball history including another a catcher, uh, Buster Posey. So I thought it would be good for some reference there. And we bring on Jeff Berry of CAA, the co-head, uh, joins us now here on Swings and Missions. Jeff, thanks so much for doing the podcast today. How are you? Well, you're welcome. And uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing fine. Well, I, I really appreciate it. And I think a lot of people listening are very intrigued with this topic because you have a player in terms of caliber of JT Realmuto, who is arguably the best at his position in all of Major League Baseball, uh, and, and you made clear about a month ago on uh, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM that he uh, would prefer to be traded, and he had requested a trade. Now, if we, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's get to the news yesterday that I broke uh, from sources which reported that he had received a contract extension of four years, $43 million initially, and then that went up to five years, $61 million, which uh, with an option would have taken it to about $76 million. So let's kind of start with that, Jeff, if you could. I don't know how much you can comment on that uh, for accuracy. And let's talk about the uh, Marlins offer back in July to JT. Well, look, I think both of those offers were back in July. They're, I mean, it, it's somewhat old news, Craig. Is it, you know, obviously new news to the public, but the, the Marlins, uh, I mean, that goes back literally to the middle or the beginning of July. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, those numbers are accurate. So it's not as if it's uh, anything that was a secret or something that we were hiding. This is the first that it's come out uh, publicly and, frankly, the first I've thought of it in some time. Now, now, Jeff, why, why request a trade? I reported that last season that he had requested a trade, and that we're, we're kind of right back down that road this year. So for people who right. didn't hear you, you know, on SiriusXM at that time or who people didn't follow my report last year, can you enlighten people why make a request uh, to have him be traded from the Marlins? Well, I think on like anything else, and, and I know Derek Jeter has gone back to this uh, repeatedly, is the way the collectively bargained agreement is in terms of player control. The Marlins have two years of control remaining on JT. Prior to last year, they had three. Uh, I think the idea behind this is that JT, as you said, is one of the premier players in the game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. JT is also 
in an organization that regardless of how they describe what they're doing, what they're trying to do, uh, the organization is building a winner for the long term. And I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, winning is synonymous with Derek Jeter. I don't think you could find anyone to argue with that. But winning with the two years of control remaining on JT's contract is not realistic. And I think as you look around, they traded five years of control of Christian Yelich. Uh, they have an organization filled with prospects, younger players. They lost and finished towards the bottom last year with JT. He's one of the most valuable trade assets in the game. It only makes sense to move him now to capitalize as they build for the future. And you, you mentioned something interesting, Jeff, because I think that this has been uh, talked about by different analysts and people going back to that Christian Yelich trade and wondering if the Yelich trade previously, and again, you know, still TBD on, on what the Marlins got back in return there. I think that that's obvious, but there's some thought process that that trade has factored in with how the Marlins are handling this trade with JT Real Muto. Is that fair or unfair? Uh, I don't know whether it's fair or unfair, but if it is impacting, that's illogical. And I think the, 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 the reason I say that is we'll make a baseball analogy here. If you strike out your first at bat or hit a home run your first at bat, what does that have? What's the relevance of that to your second at bat? You follow me? Like yeah. each one is its own entity. Derek Jeter was the epitome of that as a player. What's done in the past is already done. So the focus is on, all right, what can we do now, irregardless of what's transpired in the past? Whether they, if they hit, so by the logic that you've kind of said, or people, oh, well, the Marlins are hanging on, or they're, they're afraid to make a move, or they're doing this because of Yelich. The logic of that would be, all right, so if they hit a home run on Yelich, they would just give away JT? I think that's a, that's a silly thought process. I don't think one has anything to do with the other or yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, and it's interesting because people have uh, brought that up. Uh, Jeff, the one question that I'm kind of obligated to ask you about here uh, would be because of what's happened with the deal with the Marlins, and I, and I want to dive in a little bit more in terms of what was offered and, and kind of go back and forth a little bit here. But very specifically, uh, it, none of the deals are at least – with the other teams involved with the Marlins, no one has brought up the fact or asked the fact if JT would be willing to sign an extension with a potential team that he would be traded to. I think you've made it perfectly clear at this point that he will not sign an extension with the Marlins. But if another team was to step in and get a window of time and opportunity potentially to sign an extension, is that something that could happen with another team, Jeff? Well, I think, look, anything is possible. We've been very clear. Uh, I had communicated that uh, to the Marlins specifically that JT was not, uh, you know, it was not a money issue. It's more of where his career is at and uh, wanting to, to play for a winning team and having that opportunity to play for a winning organization in these last two years. And I think it makes sense for the Marlins in the return that they could land. Uh, you know, so is he a po He will not sign an extension in Miami. JT has communicated that to the Marlins as well. But it's certainly, uh, while it hasn't come up, I don't think he's, JT's certainly not opposed to, to signing an extension elsewhere.
I think okay. that's the easiest way to say it, particularly when you're dealing in such a hypothetical. R- but, right. uh, you know, we've been clear, and, and, and JT's been very clear in his communication directly to Mike Hill on that. Yeah, and, and I wanted to follow up with that because there has been some disconnect here as to how that's happened or why that's happened. We've seen reports uh, previously here in South Florida that JT had not communicated uh, that to ownership. Uh, can you kind of, you know, dive into that a little bit, how that was communicated and who JT told specifically that he was not going to sign an extension with the Marlins? Well, I think when we had, I communicated it to both Derek and to Mike because we want to be transparent. This is not, no one's playing games here. And I, Mike, I, I think it was sometime mid, late September, uh, you know, met with JT at length and communicated and reiterated the same thing. And this is not uh, personal. This is the Marlins. Uh, I think the Marlins with, with Derek and Mike Hill will be a fantastic – I think they'll build a fantastic product in Miami. I think they have an incredible stadium. I think, as I said earlier in this, uh, in this interview, no one's more synonymous with winning process approach than Derek. Uh, but it just makes sense for where JT is at in his career, where the Marlins are at as an organization – it's a win-win for all sides for them to move him. And we've clearly communicated that throughout. Yeah, what, what I would wonder your opinion here, and certainly being his representative, you're biased, but as a media member, I'm not. I mean, uh, Jeff, I wonder with him going potentially and the, the teams that we've heard a lot about, Atlanta, uh, maybe the Houston Astros. I mean, let's talk about, Jeff, a minute here. What kind of numbers that JT would put up in another uniform potentially. And I, I don't know that, that we can even get into the specific teams, but Marlins Park in general, and we saw this happen with Yelich where he kind of took it to another level. I think level. it's a good example, Craig. I think, yeah. look, it's, I don't think it's any secret if you watch a game in Marlins Park, no different than watching one at AT&T, that it tends to be pitcher friendly. And, uh, you know, anytime ballpark uh, factors – certainly come into play and and you know looking at 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 what Yelich did going from uh Miami to Milwaukee I think it's it's difficult to speculate but I think it's only logical when you go to a an easier more hitter friendly environment your numbers tend to reflect that Jeff let's let's play the Marlins angle here for a second because from everything that I am told while I do believe Jeff that he will be traded they seem to be really taking their time with this and have shown to be very patient and in no rush. Inevitably, if that continued through the winter, what would be the positive of JT staying with the Marlins in their mind in 2019? Development of pitchers, having the one bat in the lineup, what would, what would their thinking be in terms of keeping him? Well, you, I don't want to speculate or speak for the Marlins. I don't think when you have the situation that they're in, I think it's it it's important for, you know, certainly from our side to look at this situation honestly and try to evaluate what is best. I think this is one of the scenarios, Craig, that is an absolute win-win for the player and a win for the organization to deal him to hang on to a JT Real Muto under the circumstances you saw where they finished with him last year. Let me ask you a question. As you know more uh, than the, you know, as much about the Marlins as probably anyone in the game, uh, certainly in the media, is where do you see the Marlins this year, even as to a year ago? They've let go of, you know, Bohr is no longer there. Dietrich is no longer there. 
what would you see as the positive of them hanging on to JT? I mean, he'd be the best player on the team, Jeff, but I don't think that that his impact would make would make any sense. I, I don't think that it makes sense personally. I've said this to hold on to him. Uh, I don't think that Bohr, Jeff, or Dietrich really make a huge amount of difference in this lineup, but if they don't replace right. those at all, uh, as of now, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, and you, l- listen, the story, Jeff, can't be told today. We've got to wait through the winter. But as of now, I don't, sure. see them, I don't see them winning more games next year than they did last year based on what I see right now. So it'd be right. JT, JT, Jeff may stabilize that and allow them to win another 65 or 66, but I personally have said that I don't see a point to that either. Well, and you, you look at how valuable and how he's an impact bat. He's an impact defender. He's a championship human being. Uh, he's a difference maker. And difference makers in the entering the primes of their careers are, you know, they're not, uh, they're rarely available. And so I, I certainly, from the Marlins standpoint, and looking to maximize a return, they should. Uh, for those questioning or trying to, to connect a Yelich deal or whether it's good or bad and how that affects JT, I think is silly and, and irrelevant. Uh, but what I do think is when you take an honest look at the Marlins organization, an honest look at the value of JT Real Muto, this does make sense for both sides. All right, so let's end with this. Uh, Last season when this happened, here's what happened. Uh, JT showed up. He put his head down. He didn't say a word. He was an all-star. He had a baby. He didn't complain. He had a fantastic season. And and I think in many people's minds, he he became at that point the best catcher, if if not the best, second best or third best, right there in Major League Baseball. If we get sure. through, if we get through Jeff these winter meetings and I'll in in Vegas next week, okay. So the winter meetings come and go. He's still on the Marlins. A month or two from now, he's still on the Marlins. Um, what happens? I mean, is there a scenario where you guys go back to the table with a contract again? Maybe the proposal that that you sent to the Marlins is back on the table again. I mean, what, what happens at that point? No, I I don't think so. Look, I'm not going to speculate months out. Uh, Like I said, I think this is a, a a no brainer for him to be moved. Uh, And the Marlins know that there's no way for them not to. And, you know, teams know, meaning the other 29 teams in major league baseball know what a commodity this is. So, you know, Look, anything is possible. We'll deal with it uh, as it comes up. But I think this, as I've, I've said throughout this interview, I think it's a, a no-brainer, and I think it's a win for the Marlins and, and, and for JT Real Muto. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Craig, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, Craig. Well, there's a lot of information there, and thanks to Jeff Barry for joining us. Really interesting insight on the JT Romuto sweepstakes here and hearing what JT's side of the conversation is as the negotiations continue as to either trade JT, possibly extend him. And I'd just love to know your thoughts on everything you heard there from Jeff Barry. Yeah, and thanks again to Jeff for coming on. Really appreciate his time with that. And look, I think at this point, the position is clear, I think, for everyone. Uh, JT does want to be traded. Uh, he did tell uh, Marlins president Michael Hill that he that he wanted to uh, at some point, as Jeff mentioned. I think that's important to note because there had been some discussion as to what really happened. Uh, did he tell Marlins uh, owner Derek Jeter 
Uh, that at this point is uh, is a no. Uh, he has not spoken to him and told him directly he wanted to be traded. But telling Mike Hill that he wants to be traded to me is enough in this scenario for that to be conveyed to the owner, in my opinion. Uh, but the Marlins are under no rush to trade him. I understand their position on that. But I do think inevitably it is the best thing to do to trade him, get the highest possible return you can for him. Uh, from a protection standpoint, what sense does it make to take the chance of anything happening in a season with any player when you can get your maximum value for this player right now. Right. Uh, the Marlins have received several offers for him. I do believe that they're still gathering information on different teams and different offers. I can't categorize at this point anything being close to being done, but I do think that you'll start to see some more teams and more names being involved. And at some point this winter, whether it's next week or whether it's a month from now, I do think the Marlins will sit down, they'll look at the offers that are on the table, and they will take the very best one to their liking, and they will trade him. Yeah, Jeff made a good point that it, it does feel like a win-win for both sides of the conversation here, for the Marlins and for JT Ramuto. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that the Marlins have to take a deal that they don't like by any means, but, I mean, the names that I've heard in some of these potential trades, to me, are good enough. And, and maybe that's not good enough for them. Maybe that quote, good enough, is not enough. Maybe it has to be better than good enough. It has to blow them away, maybe, so to speak. But look, they're not really in the position to be anything except for getting the best deal. I, I just don't think it makes sense to hold on to a player when his peak value, Jeremy, it, it is right now. I mean, maybe he does get better. Maybe he has another great season next year. But then you're trading a player that only has one year of control left. And I've referenced this on other podcasts. And I do put JT in the category of, of Harper and Manny Machado. I do think that he is that valuable to other teams. And why would you go down the road of waiting until he's in his free agent season to trade the player? It just doesn't add up. And then the other thing that I want to mention is, and I understand – some people have said, well, they could just hang on to him now and then trade him at the Major League Baseball trade deadline. It is very tough to trade a catcher at the deadline. It happens, but again, you'd be, you're getting a guy that needs to have you know, a comfort zone with his pitchers and work with them from the beginning of the season. That's a very demanding position. It just makes more sense if a, if a team is going to do that and they come at him to do it now. So hopefully this gets resolved. I do think that it will. I think that it will happen before opening day. I can't say that I'm more confident that it'll happen today, Jeremy, as it will happen by, uh, you know, the winter meetings or Christmas. I do think a deal will happen, and there are several teams still heavily involved, including the Atlanta Braves, who I do feel like uh, have the best possibility at this point to make the best deal, put the best deal on the table. I don't personally think the division precludes him from being traded at all. And I'm hopeful that, uh, that at some point the two sides can get together and really complete what should have been completed last year. And you know that Craig will have all of the latest on the JT Ramuto sweepstakes. He will be at the winter meetings representing Five Reasons Sports and Swings and Mishes. If you want to follow him on Twitter for all of your updates, it's at Craig Mish. You can follow us at Swings and Mishes. And thanks, Marlins fans, for listening. Craig, any last notes before we go? No, I'm looking forward to, uh, on Wednesday, having the uh, coaches announced for uh, the Miami Marlins, the new pitching coach, and I believe a new hitting, assistant hitting coach will be announced on Wednesday. So we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, with that. 
and we'll we'll take care of the winter meetings and you know certainly follow along um you know on our our different twitter handles and i i can't wait to get to vegas and and hopefully you know break some stories <laughs> it would be fun <laughs> yeah it should be a blast everyone uh be sure to keep following us like subscribe and rate on all Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and anything else you can like, subscribe, and rate. Download the podcast. Follow us at Swings and Mishes. Follow Craig at Craig Mish. And thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Jeff Barry for coming on Swings and Mishes. As a reminder, for those of you who wager on sports, BetDSI.com is your spot. They're going to match your deposit up to $2,500 with your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SWINGS101. We've got college bowl games starting here coming up in a week. You can bet on the national championship game uh, coming up, which will be in January. I can't wait to get through all these bowl games. Believe it or not, guys, 41 bowl games. I mean, what else are you going to be doing during the holidays? Go over to BetDSI.com. Check out all of the odds updated constantly 24 hours a day seven days a week not only that of course you get the rest of the nfl season all of the super bowl props make sure you use promo code though swings 101 when you make your first deposit that's betdsi.com fast payouts and it's the place you want to be if you do wager on sports